On this episode, Ashley and Noah are packing a double punch to cover games one and two together because wow, were they different? They are chatting goalie interference, lineups, rosters, and swagger in this energy-infused chat with a little bit of swagger of their own. Enjoy. Welcome back to Fumble Puck, everybody. I'm Ashley. I'm here with Noah. Hey, Noah, what's going on on this beautiful, beautiful Victoria Day weekend? It is Victoria Day weekend, right? <laughs> yes, in Ontario, I know it's still called Victoria Day, but everyone calls it May 2-4. Uh, I didn't know that when I lived in Montreal. Well, I've never heard that before. Why? Because it's usually the 24th of May, and probably because people will drink a 2-4. I'm going to guess it's more the second one, because doesn't it fluctuate like every year? Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, happy 2-4 weekend then. Yeah, um, so I, uh, I I adopted a child. Say what? <laughs> but it's not a child. It's a plush, like a stuffed animal, Yuppie. Oh, okay. And I now, two games in a row, have been clutching him the entire game lovingly and, and a little, like, too tightly. Maybe it's, like, it's not healthy how much I squeeze him, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's he's like attached to me now. I just clutch my butt cheeks. Yeah, <laughs> especially especially the last two minutes of a period. <laughs> or like when we pull our goalie with seven minutes left. Yeah, or then, and then I knew I actually turned off the game with a minute thirty left because I couldn't handle it anymore. I was getting a little bit too angry for my own good. Oh, so you missed Shea Weber getting himself uh, fined, huh? I did. That's why I don't understand what happened. But how come no one was fined or even given a penalty when KK was boarded into the boards? Hmm. Because George Paros wants to make sure everybody knows that he's the boss. He's Bruce Springsteen of the NHL. (laughs) I like Bruce Springsteen. I do not like George Paros. (laughs) I also like Bruce Springsteen. I don't know many people who don't like Bruce Springsteen, if I'm being honest. He's awesome. Do you know that's how like Courtney Cox become famous? I did know that. She was in a music video. Yeah, Dancing in the Dark. Yeah. Pretty and awesome. And she was in Scream. I like that movie, but I was terrified of it because I don't like horror films. I like horror films, and I think one of the reasons I like horror films so much is because I grew up, like, I, my coming of age age was when the Scream movies were coming out. Like, Scream 1, 2, and 3 are awesome. They're the right balance of, like, horror, but very self-aware and funny at the same time. Like, the style is really good. See, okay, so I was a huge Party of Five fan, and I was a huge Jennifer Love Hewitt fan over Nev Campbell. So I watched I Know What You I watched them both, but I prefer So you were I team I Know What You Did last summer. I was, except I wasn't really because I thought that the other movies were better. But like I had a huge, huge crush on Ryan Philippe at the time. So yeah, he was, was he was a dreamboat. He could he be was. your Sherrod or not. <laughs> I loved him. Actually, I'm gonna do a non Sherrod, I mean a non hockey Sherrod or not today, because I'm crushing very hard on someone right now. <laughs> and I'm, a little bit obsessed I'm excited with to find out who. Uh, uh, I know what it. you did last summer had uh, the better music of the two franchises. Um, yeah. It had that one hit wonder, Hey Now Now by Swirl360. It's <laughs> a great song. Anyone who hasn't listened to that song in a while, you should listen to it. It's a great song. Very good replay value. I will check it out. I don't remember that song at all. It's like these two twin brothers in like a kind of like a Savage Garden type, like duo, pop rock duo-ish, you know? That's funny. I was listening to said crush sing a Savage Garden song last night. And I was like, I haven't heard this in forever. I went to their concert. I actually went to a Savage Garden concert. Someone hooked us up with tickets and we were front row floor. 
and he gave his guitar pick to the girl next to me. And I was like, damn, that was so close. What is the coolest concert you've ever been to? It depends. Because my taste of music is very different from most people. So the coolest experience at a concert that I ever had was going backstage at Carnegie Hall. That's However, cool. Yeah, that was cool. And Rosie O'Donnell got me backstage at Carnegie Hall. So that was, yeah, that was a really cool one. But the actual best concert I ever saw crossed between J-Lo and Adele and Amanda Marshall. Wait, wait, it was J-Lo, Adele, and Amanda Marshall, all three no, of them? No, 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 three different concerts. But well, it was a tie between, not a cross. Okay. Sorry, a tie between. Yes, Adele was just incredible because she can just stand there and like sing like the ingredients in like a tampon box and just be amazing because <laughs> her voice is like, wow. JLo was just, I mean, she's, she was her 50th birthday and it was incredible. I got amazing, amazing pictures that night. It was crazy. I, don't, I really like the Backstreet Boys too. I don't, I mean, I went to like pop concerts. I don't go to like the crazy, oh, U2. U2 was incredible. I, I hear U2 like really rehearses their concerts really hard. Like they spend a lot of time practicing where they're going to point to the crowd and stuff like, like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Like yeah. U2 is okay. Like I, I feel like half of U2's songs are like off the charts really good and the other half are just stupid. And Bono kind of annoys me. I really, you know what? My friend called me last minute. was like, do you want to come? My daughter doesn't want to go. I was like, okay, how much are you? She's like, nothing. It's free. I was like, what? And we were like fifth row from the end of stage. Wow. Because they had, yeah, I was like, I was sitting like in the reds, essentially. I'm going to download some U2 after this podcast and listen to it just to kind of get back into it. <laughs> I love U2. But yes, yeah, so I was like fifth row. And I, no, a second row. Sorry. And I got some, also some amazing pictures <laughs> of that show. So I don't know. U2 was great. Adele was great. JLo was just a fun party. And actually, all three of those concerts, I went with the same person, come to think of it. Oh, Adam Le- I love Adam Levine. Like, huge crush on Adam Levine. So Maroon he, 5. He's very, very dreamy. He, even though I'm not a tattoo person, I really like him. Like, he's just so cute. But... Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I like a lot of concerts that I went to. There's a mm, I, I prop vocal wise, Adele was incredible. Amanda Marshall was great. Do you know who Amanda Marshall is? Of course. Okay, so Amanda Marshall performed at like it was some tiny little itty bitty club and it was just so intimate and it was just such a great, great show. Actually, another intimate show I went to that was amazing was like when Michael Bublé first came onto the scene. And he was like pointing at me because I was probably the only person under the age of 50 there. <laughs> and, and it was also in like a tiny, tiny, tiny venue. And it was just, it was amazing. But I, Kristen Chenoweth also, I mean, there's too many. I don't know. I can't, I've been really, <laughs> I'm also a huge Broadway fan. So like you bring in Broadway into this, you're going to get me on a whole tangent. So let's not do that. But Broadway people singing is my favorite thing in the world. So I you know what, I'll give it a nod to probably Kristen. Chen- I don't know. I, I don't know. There's too many, too many. You Seems like there are too many. There are. What's the best show you went to? Um, I've seen a couple that were really cool. The best like crowd interactions I've ever seen. I saw it was like a four band show. It was like Story of the Year, Hoobastank, POD, and Lincoln Park. And okay. I'm a huge like a huge Lincoln Park fan. But Lincoln Park at the time like their album Meteor had come out and the big single was Faint. And so they asked the crowd. They're like, Hey, has anybody? Does anyone here play guitar? And know how to play the riff to faint. And this like this kid, he must have been like sixteen. He was like he's a kid. He was like me, me, me. They call him up on stage. They give him a guitar, and he plays the song while the rest of the band plays along. That's awesome. It was the coolest thing ever. And they gave him the guitar after this after the song. Isn't that awesome? 
That is awesome. That's super cool. I must cost them a fortune. Well, I'm sure like fenders like, yeah. <laughs> but that's awesome. And then I saw the white stripes at the bell center. And normally the bell center is not the best for sound, but because the white stripes have that really garagey echoey sound to them, the bell center's echoes were kind of cool. So it was actually like, it was a cool way to make the bell center feel really small, but the coolest I've ever seen, like I went to a uh, heavy MTL a few years ago. This is like five years ago now. And okay. it's like a heavy metal festival all day long. Right. Right. So if you're trying to catch. There's a cool a bunch of different bands I saw during the day that were pretty cool. But the main stage back to back, it was the Dropkick Murphys followed by Metallica. So the Dropkick Murphys are like my spirit animal. They're like Celtic punk rock, right? Like they're like the coolest thing ever, and they're huge hockey fans. Right. So they're huge Boston Bruins fans, actually. Ugh. So at one point, this is like this is so cool. At one point, they were like, "We have a surprise for everybody in the crowd," and like the lead singer. His son comes out wearing a Boston Bruins jersey, and his son's like four years old. He's like a little, little, little kid. He comes out wearing a Boston Bruins jersey and has like a toy, a stuffed animal, Yuppie, like the one I was clutching watching the game the other day. Um, <laughs> and he throws it on the ground and starts beating it with a stick. <gasps> and the, the Dropkick Murphys go, they, they're, like, they're swearing. They're like, we fucking love your town. But we fucking hate your hockey team. And they, they start playing. And like the crowd just went wild. They loved it, right? Like it was so cool. Oh. And, then, and then Metallica came out. So like they went up that with the greatest metal band of all time. It was just so cool. That is really cool. I'm not much of a metalhead, like in any way, shape, or form. I love yeah. Lincoln Park. I'm a, I like Lincoln Park stuff, some of their stuff, but I'm way more into like pop and like that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Another. One of yeah no I met Christina Aguilera backstage that was kind of cool too I almost broke her by like hugging her because she's so tiny. <laughs> my friend and I were like like she was between us and I didn't want to touch her because I was like oh my god I'm gonna break her if I put my finger on her <laughs> so I literally put like one finger on her back because I was like I'm gonna break this woman in half she's so tiny <laughs> but if you if you hugged her too hard you could have broken a bone like the way people break bones with knee on knee hits well exactly. Exactly. Which leads us into our neon knee-jerk reactions. Are you ready for these? I am. I'm nervous, but I am. I've got a bunch that I think are going to make you, uh, are you going to get good reactions out of you. So I'm excited. Okay, well, let's preface this with I'm already in a crappy mood regarding hockey. And well, I that was the concert talk. I was hoping it would like cheer you up a little bit to put you in the right mindset, you know? It did, but I'm just going to preface that to everybody that I'm in a little bit of a bitter mood. And I almost considered never watching hockey again after last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first up, you ready? Yes. Goaltender interference. <laughs> <laughs> really? There should not be goaltender interference. I don't think any player should be allowed inside the blue crease, period. What do you think about the challenge yesterday? What was he challenging for? Let's they argued that Joe, well, they didn't argue, like they were right that Joe Thornton lifted Carey Price's stick, but I don't think it was enough to interfere with it. Like, even Carey Price didn't look like it was interference. Well, exactly. And we had a comment how you should ask the goalies if it's goaltender interference, and what goalie is going to say no, first of all. However, I did see the stick being lifted, but I mean, technically, he did. Did it interfere with Price's positioning? I don't know. However, if it's you're going to call it. I mean, remember when Price got swung to like Moose Jaw and nothing was called? Yes. So, I don't know. It's a very iffy. They need to really define what goaltender interference is and stick with it game in and game out. Like the lay of glass, pan uh, over the glass penalty, 
every single time, that's a penalty. So if anybody's anywhere near the crease or touches even a hair on your goaltender's head, should be goalie interference. You know what I mean? Make a rule, keep it. I agree. Yes. Okay, okay next. next up. You ready? Yeah. Anger management. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't need it. I'm okay. I'm good. I just... <laughs> You know what I've discovered this season? I talk to my mom after every game. My mom gets a lot more angry, a lot angrier than I do, we'll say. And I've become good at just, like, the game's over. I turn it off, and I go and do something else, and I'm fine. Like, I don't even listen. I used to listen to the post-game shows. I used to, like, go on HF boards and read all the comments. I still do that. But... I don't get angry over it. Like, the game's over. It's over. Except last night. I'm still really pissed about last night. But I'm okay with it. I think Tom Wilson should get some anger management courses, though. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. All right, next up. Cole Caulfield. He better be in the lineup tomorrow. What if he's not? What are you going to do? I'm going to be, well, nothing. What can I do? Go to game six and start yelling at them? But there's not going to be a game six at this rate. But... I really think he belongs in the lineup. We'll get into that later, though, I'm sure. We will. And yeah. uh, next up, Willie Nylander. Ugh, he looks like Lord Farquaad. <laughs> I've been saying that for years. You know who I'm talking about? From Shrek? Yeah. Yeah, Lord Fuckwad. <laughs> he looks just like him. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm going to tell that to Stacey later. She might laugh. She, she, he looks just like him. It's driving me crazy. You know, I think he only shines against us. <laughs> I think Willie Nylander is one of the most underrated players in the NHL. He could be. I wish he'd go away, though, for a while. To like, Yeah, I wish he would suck for another week or two. Yeah, you know? like all of them, including Matthews. I really wish Matthews and his porn stash would go away. Oh. Yep. Okay, and last up. You ready for this one? Yeah. Casey Diaz. Oh, I miss them. Are they back? No, they're not. <laughs> they're killing me. Oh, oh, I just wanted that reaction. That was great. Oh, I miss them so much. Oh, they're so good. Now that but you're an emotional know. wreck. Yeah, for anybody who knows me, I'm a really big fan of a specific place case it is. Anyways. So so we've got two games to talk about. We we wanted to we didn't want to do one like one after each game because we kind of wanted to talk about the change in the series that went along. And thank God we kind of did because those two games couldn't have been more different, right? Yeah. Well, except for one thing in common, but yeah. Our inability to score. Our inability to score and the refereeing, but and the refereeing. Yeah. Okay. So game game one, I actually thought game one was a super entertaining game, regardless of the final score of the game. I thought it was really entertaining. You know what it was? They came out of blazing. They were like running and gunning. It was great hockey. And then that hit happened, which, okay. So we'll get into that. But, and then the momentum picked up again after that. And it was, it was a really close contest. And I really liked the outcome of it. And again, I was clutching a lot, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought it was great. It was back and forth. I thought both teams played really hard. I thought it was like, I, I don't, it, unless there was like 12 more goals scored, you know, six on each side. I don't think you could have asked for a better first game between two teams that haven't seen each other in 40 years, you know? I agree. I thought it was great. I thought it was a wonderful game. So there's a lot of stuff to unpack and like, we'll, we'll dive through it. The first thing that stood out to me uh, was that Eric Stahl kind of delivered on his promise. Remember we were talking about it where he was like, don't worry, I'll just turn it on the playoffs. Yep. And I know like game two is a different story, but game one, he was amazing. He was, he was great. He was the Eric Stahl of yore. It was great. The Eric Stahl of yore. That might be a good title. <laughs> we'll call it that. <laughs> it was, he was great. He was, he was great. Yeah, yeah I was really pleased with what I saw from him. I thought he he was 
in control of his game. I thought he was doing a lot of good stuff that, you know, he had a little uh, block behind the net, like a small little defensive play that ended up being a great little oomph to the team. You know, he obviously had the assist. He, I loved it. Yeah, he played great. Absolutely. He's kind of set us all up for like a minute. Yeah. Yeah. The um, Did you catch the um, the Sportsnet useless stat? They have so many of them. Which one was this? Yeah, like they're really good at putting on completely useless stats, and I adore them, and like they make me laugh every time I hear them. It was like the, the Habs have beaten the Leafs eight straight times in the playoffs. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> like It was 40 years ago. It doesn't matter. That's not a worthwhile fact at all. Like They're not protecting some streak. It's not some match. It's like the Leafs haven't won a playoff game in Montreal in 40 years. It's because they haven't played a game in that long, you know? Yeah, no, they were making comments yesterday how if we win tonight, last night, then we could tie a record of 10 most or nine, 10, I think, in a row games of winning over several decades. Like, what? Who cares? Shut up. (laughs) That is a useless stat. I agree. So useless. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, And then uh, Joel Armia, he so like he goofed on special teams a couple of times, right? He had a giveaway and he had a, a, a pretty dumb play and I got really angry at him. I was like, Joel Armia, this is why you don't belong on this team. And then he was the guy who sprung Byron for the goal. And I was like, oh, okay, you made up for it. Like, I, I can live with you. I feel the same way, but I'm not so much okay with living with the tar right now. Yeah, like, uh, I, we'll get into game two for sure, but I feel like... Oh, even in game one. Even in game one. <laughs> yeah, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. You're actually good. Very, very good point, you know? I feel like um, Joel Armia has justified his spot for me in the lineup. Not fully, but, like, I'm not, like, yelling at him to get out like I was a week ago. Okay, so I also think, though, with Armia, is he's not necessarily, like, a playoff performer, but he's... I mean, in 25 games, he has nine points, which isn't wonderful. But if you look at the rest of our team, that's actually not that bad. Do you know that Phil Deneau has one goal in the playoffs? And four Yeah. He's like, so he's in the playoffs what Riley Nash is in the regular season. Like, he is where plays go to die on both sides. So last night I commented the stat. I was like, Deneau only has one goal in the playoffs, like in 17 games. And this guy wrote to me saying that's not his job. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. It's not his job to score goals in the playoffs? Okay. And then he's like, well, do you think it's Merrill's job to score? I'm like, is he a forward on the centering the top line? And then the guy was like, well, have a good night. I'm like, yeah, well, the, the important thing is this. It, it, I, what, what the guy's saying is it's not Deneau's job to score, what, whatever I get it. It's his j- line's job to score, though. Right. And his line doesn't score. And right. he's the center of that line, and the puck goes through him most. So, right. yeah, like it, it's, it's a, his playoff performance is a problem. Yes. Yes. And that's what I was saying. So then I said, well, do you think that um, Austin Matthews should not be scoring in the playoffs? And that's when he told me good night. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, well, you and your Twitter fights. I know, but just I love you, Jer. Um, but just think about it. Like it's true though. It, like his line should be scoring. Look, Gallagher has twenty five points in fifty one games. Not wonderful either. However, that's almost a that's a point five point per game, which is better than Philip Deneau, who was like a point two five point per game. You know what I mean? So yeah. it bothers me again. Then he, anyways, I know it's not his job. But then put him on a defensive line. 
And yeah, exactly. Put his put his scoring wingers with someone else. Although it doesn't look like he has scoring wingers. Like we don't have scoring wingers on the team in general right now. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tatar has eleven points in thirty-seven games. By the way, in the that's bad. I know he is bad. Sorry, Thomas. Not that he'll ever hear this. And then, you know, like the thing is, like that's that one of the things that really stood out in this game for me, particularly this game. So the Leafs were chasing a goal, right? They were they were behind. Do you know how much Mitch Marner played that game? Twenty-seven minutes. I do. He played twenty-seven, oh, more than twenty-seven minutes. Matthews played like twenty-five or something like that. Like they have horses when they need a goal that they can put on, and it's the best chance to score a goal. So they roll them. We never have a player. We barely have a player crack 20 minutes, right? Like, I think we had, I think Nick Suzuki cracked 20 in that game, maybe. Um, the fact that we don't have one line that we know is our dedicated scoring line is really standing out like a sore thumb. There should be a line that we can put out there for 22 minutes, 23 minutes if we needed it, and they would be able to secure us some goals. So who would you put out? Because the truth is, I don't think Ducharme knows what his lines are. He's still juggling them all the time. Every period they change. They changed three times last night. So I saw an interesting tweet today from Marc-Antoine Godet, who was saying his lines for tomorrow, and I, for the most part, agree with them. I thought they were great. Did you see this tweet? I think I did, but I can't remember, but I remember it caught my eye. So this morning, Marc-Antoine Gonet tweeted out his lines, and they were Anderson, Suzuki, Caulfield, Toffoli, Kakaniemi, Gallagher, Byron, Deneau, Lekanen, Tatar, Evans, Armia. The only thing I might switch there is Tatar and Perry. If Evans is ready to go, I'd even do Stahl, Armia, and Perry, to be honest, on that last line. But I like those lines. And then his defense was Edmondson Petrie, Sherratt Weber, and Romanov Kulak. I'm not so okay with those. I, if you want to put in Romanov and take out Merrill, I keep one of them with Weber, and I keep Sherratt and Kulak together, personally. But what do you think? So I like – so for me, you asked me, like, who would be my, my key person, who would be my, my trio. I think Tyler Toffoli really needs to be on that line because he's got a lot of utility to him. So him with who? Sorry, Nick and Caulfield. Well, that's the tough part for me. So my like, I'm torn between Suzuki and Kotkaniemi. So Kotkaniemi is bigger. He can play in the corners a little bit, you know. Like, but he's a little snake bitten. So, oh, I guess not after last game, but you know, like, there's <laughs> yeah. some there's a little bit of risk there. But he had success with Tyler Toffoli in the beginning of the season. Yeah, so maybe I'd roll those two. And then Gallagher on that line. You can put Caulfield there and put Anderson with Suzuki and Gallagher. See, that that's weird to me because Anderson's a right wing, Caulfield's a right wing, Gallagher's a right wing. We have too many right winger. Like, like Anderson would be playing on his offside on the left wing, and that's weird to me. Okay. We have too many right-hand shots. <laughs> it's just kind of what yeah, none of them can shoot. Figure that one out. <laughs> Our power play was five right-handed players the other night. It was so weird. Like well, power play was in the toilet last night. Uh, yeah, and I wonder if that's kind of part of it, right? Because you lose that little piece of creativity because no one can take a shot from the other side, you know, like the, the, the one timer from that side. So like your cycle is kind of predictable because everyone's passing in the same direction. There's no change up. It was weird. Maybe that's why it sucked. Yeah, our power play was absolutely atrocious. Like it was embarrassing. We um, enter the zone. I don't understand. Every other team enters the zone, and we pass the puck buck. Uh, pass the puck buck. <laughs> Pat, wow. You know what's nuts about it? What? We practiced it for a week. I know. We still we practiced it. For, you can't even get in the zone. 
Like, what, what did you do? You know, like, what did you in fact practice? And that's like the crazy thing about both games. Like, we had a lot of energy and we were connecting passes in game one, but then game two, they weren't connecting them. What did you actually practice? You had three practices. What did you do? Because you missed the net. You took dumb penalties. Your power play sucked. Like, <laughs> meanwhile, Toronto's got these set plays. They're bouncing out. They're holding on to the puck all game. You're like, okay, like, they didn't practice the way we did, and they they know how to do this. So what's going on? You know, well, I I don't understand. I don't. I, do they not? They should play Red Rover and then try to break through that and see and pretend that's the power play. Like I just don't get it. it like what if what if so Josh Anderson, yeah, and Tyler Toffoli or Nick Nick Suzuki, Nick Suzuki and Josh Anderson are both skating towards the the posing line at the same time. Anderson has the puck. At the last second, he dishes it to Suzuki and then slides on his stomach through somebody's legs all the way to the back, like to the to the goal. Suzuki just gets in and pops it to him, and Anderson's already behind the play, like already behind the defense, and he just pops in the puck. I like it. I'm gonna call, call it that's called the torpedo. <laughs> Okay, so then maybe we should tell them we have some power play ideas. Yeah, hey, Burrow, the, the torpedo. Hashtag the torpedo. It's my new patented power play move. All rights reserved. I like it. What I don't understand, though, is when they just dump and chase, which they can't do, and then they also can't cross the line. So maybe if they all went up, maybe they should do, like, the flying V from, like, the Mighty Ducks. And, like, try to and, and then have the front person, like, the head of the V, pass the puck back, and then torpedo into the... <laughs> <laughs> exactly i'm telling you flying v might work man oh it's so bad so bad yeah but we can score that were bad, the last thing we have to talk about for this game which is important so obviously we feel bad for john tavares you don't want anyone to get hurt but that fight afterwards wasn't that the stupidest thing ever yeah, it really was. And again, John Tavares, we hope you feel okay. We hope you're better. crazy thing about this fight, uh, so uh, I, I follow Matt Barnaby on Twitter because he yeah. has some fun takes. Uh, even oh yeah, He was like a, as curmudgeon as curmudgeons get. Even he said it was dumb, and he's like the guy, you know? Like, well, I was listening to Ray Ferraro, and he said, if somebody slaps, takes a slap shot and smashes you in the face, does that guy have to fight after? Exactly. <laughs> So why is it, why did Perry Perry didn't even do it? First of all, sure. Okay, people are also trying to blame Sherrod on this. Well, Steve Simmons said Sherrod should be suspended for what? For hitting him clean? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely what? ridiculous. It was a clean hit. It was just a freak accident. It was such a freak accident. Look, we'd be pissed if it happened to a hub, but it's a freak accident. I hope he's okay. I wish him nothing but the best. And like, really? And then Simmons trying to trying to uh, hit Perry again or fight with Perry again? What are you doing, dude? Like, get off the ice. It's enough. Yeah, and like Perry and Simmons. I could understand because they have history from California, right? I would imagine they've had some kerfuffles before. So, like, I get that. But, like, for Nick Foligno to say, I know it wasn't intentional, but we're doing this. No. I expected better from Foligno. I was not impressed, to be honest. I was really irritated. I was like, what's he doing? Like, the, the code is the stupidest thing ever. It really is, especially for a freak accident. Look, if he neo need him and 100% smash his head into the ice, like, uh, I don't know, like Tom Wilson. I get it. I really get it. But he really didn't do anything. And even like, and then yesterday with the KK boarding and nothing, not even a penalty, whatever. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> well, let's, let's get into it, right? Because like game hurts. one was super entertaining. Game two was not very entertaining, except for Kokanyemi. Like he was kind of like the star of the show that game for us. 
Which and I told him, they um, butt in from Hyman and it wasn't called. It was kind of annoying. Well, he uh, wasn't Hyman the one who also put his uh, stick into Tyler uh, Tyler Toffoli's jewels. Uh, was it? No, it was, it was Kerfoot. It was Kerfoot. Whoever it was, they were so dirty and getting away with so much crap. I swear to God, the Leafs after that first game where they called three over the glass penalties, which was their fault, the me- the memo was sent: no more Leaf penalties. I swear to God. I also think Sportsnet. Gets a cut every time they every time they say Austin Matthews. I'm convinced. No, they don't get a cut. They're just super Leafs homers, right? Like, which is weird because even like Kevin Bieksa like is is homering for the Leafs. The worst was Anthony Stewart, who was like Austin Matthews has a goal and an assist. I hope he keeps it going. You just said you hope you keep like you're cheering for a team and like whatever. You're allowed to cheer for a team, but if you're gonna be in the national broadcast, try just try. You know? Oh, they don't believe it. It's not a national broadcast. It's the, it's the Toronto broadcast. It makes me so. Nauseous. I get so angry at the biasness. It's that, like every time they're like, oh my God, Matthews makes a shot. And then it's like, oh, shot, shot too. Like, really? <laughs> like, the oh. panel is just not very good. It, it's not a good gang of people. Like, Kelly Rudy sucks. <laughs> you know? So anti habit, so funny. Kevin Bieksa, every day he's on that show, he loses more and more appeal to me. Like, his first couple times, like, this is really awesome. What a fresh voice. He's kind of an idiot. he just he comes off as a bit of a bonehead you know and whatever like he's he's funny but i don't know he just he just he's such a stereotypical hockey player it's hard for me to get it past like elliot friedman's great he's not on the main panel normally but i'm a huge friedman fan he's great i like jeff merrick he's cool he wasn't on the last night broadcast but most of them suck i just find they're all such homers and like the and the broad the announcers are homers and it just it's Try to call a fair game, man. We know you want Toronto to win. Uh, did you see what an Islander scored and then they showed a whole Nylander mis- montage? Uh, really? really? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. Oh, And then every time we score, they show Matthew's – well, every time, like once because we don't score. They show Matthew's face. I don't want to see Matthew's face. I want to see us, our face, not Matthew's face. I don't care what Matthew's face looks like ever. Shame. Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews has some real swagger. Like, he's got some – like. Brady Kachuk kind of Patrick Kane kind of energy, you know, like it's I, I, I'm a big fan of personality in sports and I hate 99.9% of Austin Matthews, but the 0.1% I like, I like that. He's so expressive in the games. Like when he was getting grabbed and he, he just was like smiling when he knew the penalty was going to happen. I love that kind of stuff. I think it's great. He's just like, this is great. I'm going to score a goal now. You guys suck, you know? Like, his, like, goal celebrations where he's like, check the name on my back and stuff like that. I I adore it. It's cool. I just wish he would never score another goal for the rest of his life. I never want to hear that Hollow Notes song ever again. Yeah, the goal song sucks. Oh, my God. And it gets stuck in my head, which makes it suck even more. They used to have their goal song a couple... I don't know if it was, like, last year or a couple years ago. It used to be Feeling Good by the Sheepdogs. What a great goal song. It was awesome. It's been this for, like, three or four years. Oh, so their old one was used to be a Sheepdog song. Really, really great goal song. Like, like, genuinely, I was like, oh, this is a great goal song. Their power play song is freaking amazing. It's Power by Kanye. It's just, like, it's a really good power play song. Ugh. Well, this goal song is nauseating, and Hollow Note should be ashamed. Oh, speaking of stupid music, you know what else sucks? Every what? time they intro this series, they're playing Baba O'Reilly by The Who. That's the New York Rangers song. Like, what are you doing? That's It's another team's song. Get it right. Do some homework. Yeah, they don't care. Clearly. <sighs> 
Uh, anyways, and the refs also kept getting in the way of us. Did you notice that too? They kept like stop blocking shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got in the way of us physically and metaphysically. It was so frustrating. <laughs> like they were they were interfering in our game in a really bad way. The uh, the first goal the was directly <laughs> due to the ref. Like it bounced off the ref and went to Spets's stick. So, question: Do you think they should put a rule that if the puck hits the ref, it's a blown it's blown dead? No. Why not? Too much stoppage. It happens all the time. Get the get the refs out of the out of there. Tell them to move. No refs, I'd be okay with. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <sighs> okay. Well, the whole structure of that second game was frustrating. So, at the start of the first game, Sportsnet was doing it like a keys to the game kind of thing, and I don't know who it might have been. Bexa, I think I think it was Kevin Bexa. They're saying that one of the keys to the game is Montreal has to stay above Matthews. Like they can't let Matthews get past them. And they did a really good job of the game one. They never had it. They never gave him an opportunity to get past him in game two. They just abandoned that for some reason. I have no idea what the heck John Merrill is doing pinching. I have no idea why Ben Schrott skating around the other team's net. It just, it it didn't make any sense. They just gave him the opportunity to bolt and go. The amount of odd man rushes we had that game was just unacceptable. Really? Yeah, I agree. It was bad. It was very bad and frustrating again. Yeah. As frustrating as the Tatar Kokanemi Gallagher line. What the <laughs> fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? That line is killing me. So back to my point from earlier, if Dino is not supposed to be scoring or having his line score, whatever, shouldn't he be defending and not allowing Matthews or whoever he's up against to get all these chances? Yes. And was he? No. <laughs> no. So he was awful. That whole line was awful. I think Gallagher should not be back if he's not ready to go, which I don't think he is. I love Gallagher, and he's playing a little bit like La Poop. Yeah, I brought it up on Twitter last night. I was like, is anyone going to talk about this? And like, I was worried because Gallagher's like sacred, right? You're not allowed to talk bad about him. And I don't question his effort. He just wasn't good the last two games. And he was particularly bad last game. And then Julian McKenzie on The Athletic talked about it. He wrote a really good article. If you don't read his stuff, like he's great on The Athletic. He's only got a couple of articles. But after every playoff game, he does what he calls his plus minus, and he kind of goes through the good and the bad. Uh, really good stuff. And he talked about Gallagher can't be missing the net like that. He can't be making plays where like, he has to at least hit the net, right? Like what a waste of our talent and his deployment. If he is missing the net. And also if he's going to be your go-to guy to help score goals, why is he only playing 14, 15 minutes a night? Well, exactly. And we really do have to have all of our team, all of them, not that any of them will ever listen, but in case anybody who knows them listens, hit the net puck in net on net near the net stop with these going wide deflections crap and just going wide period shoot into the net it's not complicated what if there was what if there was a person that the team could hire to like coach the skills of the players so that they could hit the net more often like a shooting what? coach like a skills coach oh my god it's like someone's been talking about that for a long time <laughs> well they might want to invest in one yesterday Right, like yeah, I'll, I, I'll do it. So I'll obvious. Yeah. Like, stand behind the net and be like, here. This I is just, where you I have just to need do. Gordon Bombay to come back. Like that's what I need. Like just <laughs> hire Gordon Bombay. I don't know what his French cousin's name is, but like hire him and like go for it. Well, he was he was he was in Vancouver shooting the Muddy Ducks. We should go and ask him if he'll come and help us. <laughs> I'm a little behind in that show, but I'm excited to catch up on it. Me too. I've only seen like four episodes. Oh, oh perfect. perfect. Speaking of four, 
Yes. The KK goal. Do you know what it was for? It was really sweet. Do you know what it was? They're saying it was his little salute to the four people that were benched for game one. Yes. Isn't that sweet? Like him, Romanov, Caulfield, and Froelich. Isn't that cool? It is. I was like, oh, it's so sweet. Like, that's a little bit of that swagger I was talking about that Matthews has, right? That like little boom, like, yeah, you know, like give KK the C right now. <laughs> Weber, Weber took a retaliation penalty. That is not leadership. That is not leadership at all. He's so what keep, happened? Keep I, cool. I missed it. What happened? Oh, well, Weber's retaliation penalty was earlier in the game. It wasn't at that point. And, uh, you know, he got called at one point in time. It was it was a dumb retaliation for a crow with a cross-check. He got oh, cross-checked. That I, that I saw. And then he cross-checked back. So, like, you should know better. Um, but uh, at the end of the game... He cross-checked Wayne Simmons in the head, which was really bad. He deserved to get thrown out for it. Okay, was this after, I think it was Simmons who uh, slashed Edmondson a bunch of times? Yes. Okay. But, like, you, why do something that gets your team a penalty? Like, like I would expect someone to do the Austin Matthews and just laugh while they get the power play advantage. I, me too. I was just curious. Was Simmons getting a penalty? No. Well, that's probably part of the reason. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but like, that's one thing that drives me crazy about hockey players. How emotionally stunted are you that you can't control yourself for five minutes and not hit somebody? Like, it, it's it's outlandish to me. I'm not allowed to get angry and punch people, right? Like, grow I, up. You're hey, 36 but, years old, Shay Weber. What are you doing taking dumb penalties? But if you're in a game and it's a hostile environment, nothing's gone right for you. All, I'm not excusing it, but nothing's gone right for you all night. The refs are not calling anything. They board KK. They slash um, Edmondson. They spear Tyler Toffoli. They're doing everything they can. The refs are calling literally nothing against you. You're fuming. You're the leader. You're really pissed. I get the emotion. I get it. I'm not saying he's right. Well, but it's, I just, it's this simple. Do the Leafs want you to freak out? Yes. You gave them what they wanted. You're an idiot. You're you're an actual idiot. You know. Okay, I'm not saying you're not right, but I just saying I understand the emotion. Like I I get the emotion. Look, I don't hit people either, but I get the emotion. I understand it. I get the anger. Yeah, it's not about getting the emotion. It's about how that emotion manifests. Right. That's the problem. Yes. Well, that's when anger management comes in. Neon knee jerk reaction. Maybe Shea Weber needs some anger management. And I hope he doesn't listen to this because he's going to kick my ass. <laughs> I defended you, Shay. <laughs> so we got we got games coming up, back to back games because why make life easy? Of course, right? Yeah, um, at home yet? Great. <laughs> yeah, of course. What do you want to do uh, for goalies? How do you pick your goalies in both games? Okay, so I think it depends on if we win tomorrow. So who do you play tomorrow? I play Price. Okay, and if we win, Price. And if we lose, Allen. What if we what if Price. we lose but Price puts up like 50 saves? I would actually honestly I personally would play Price back to back, but that's just me. So would I. That's exactly where I was going with that. Okay. I think like Jake Allen, you're there to back him up. I don't think he needs backup right now. I think he's good. Well, so that was my first initial thought was I've been saying all week how I play price back to back, but I thought you were fishing for a Jake Allen in there. So I'm trying to give it to you, but you're trying to play the questioner. (laughs) But I would definitely do price and price if I'm being honest, unless we get bombed again, like six to two, then I would put Allen in for Tuesday. Interesting. Lineup. So we talked about it a little bit, but you want who do you want K, uh, who do you want Caulfield with? KK or Tafoli, uh KK or Suzuki. I don't care. One of the two. Which one? I like the lines that MAG 
posted, to be honest with you, except I would switch the last line. I don't like the tar out there at all. I'd bench him for a couple games. Okay, so, so we're doing Anderson, Suzuki, Caulfield. I like that. Yeah, and Caulfield and Suzuki had some chemistry in the, the last yeah. couple games there, right? So I'm okay with that. And, and so then we're Anderson doing Gallagher with Kokanami. And Toffoli. Okay, now the important thing is since it's home ice advantage, I think those two lines need to play like 18 minutes each minimum. Who goes up against Marner? Uh, Matthew, well, yeah, whatever. Our third line of Byron, Deno, and in Agreed. But then there's no way the fourth line's going to play if the other team are playing. If that line is going to play 20 minutes, the Deno line, and then you have 18 and 18, that's 56 minutes. So we're going to have four minutes of the other line. Sure. If that's if we're not in the penalty box the whole game again. Well, let's think if we're in the penalty box, Evans and Army on the fourth line, they get their ice time there, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's what they do. So, and then you like, like, uh, I don't, oh. I understand, like, when Tatar's on, he's really good. I just can't trust it. I think I would probably prefer to have Eric Stahl or Corey Perry on that line. Me too. I'm really over Tatar. I've have been over him for a while, but, like, like I'm talking, like, four months of being over him. <laughs> and last season. I've been over him since last season, actually. But I agree with you. I would... I would rather have Stahl or Perry in that lineup instead of Tatar. And I would definitely, and Evans, if he's healthy, I would do Perry, Stahl, and Armia on the last line. I don't care. Yeah. All right. That's what I would do personally. Who would you have call? I would bring in Cole, though, 100%. Who would you have in tomorrow? I, hmm. I would be okay if Perry sat a game because they're back to back. So you give him rest for one. Okay. I like Byron Dino Lekkonen. Okay, that's the one I've always wanted to know to be on, by the way. Yeah, I like the Toffoli, KK, Gallagher. I, I actually don't like that. I feel like KK and Gallagher aren't a fit, but I'm willing to try it because what the hell do we have to lose, you know? Right. Because I like Suzuki with Caulfield. So I might, I would probably switch. I think I might switch Suzuki, uh, sorry, Anderson and Toffoli. So I do Toffoli, Suzuki, Caulfield, and then Anderson, KK, Gallagher. I'm okay with that too. And that, like, Toffoli, Suzuki, Caulfield, I would roll them, like, 20 minutes. Like, I would go hard into that. I don't and like... fourth line, I don't really care. Like, Evans and Armia, to me, both have earned their spot. If Evans is not ready to go, you put Stall in, obviously. Uh, but that left-wing spot, like, Tatar in fourth line might be worth it, you know? Like, but not if the fourth... If the, if the fourth line is Jason Spezza, yeah, I kind of like Tatar running over him, you know? Like... I really don't like Anderson being with Perry and Stall, though. I wish they'd stop that. It's ridiculous. It is. It's like, what it, What the hell? It's awful. Yeah, yeah, like four big guys who like to shoot the puck. Maybe someone should pass on that line. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and it's, crazy, it's so obvious. You know, like they're all, hit, they're all three of them are shooters. They, and hit the it. net. And they don't hit the net, but hit the net. <laughs> God. That speaks to that whole style of play. Like, like, what do you think for this game? Like, game, we're physical both games. Do you think we're too physical or do you think like we're – or like, what do you think? So part of my belief is if you're hitting, it means you don't have the puck. I don't like that. I like having the puck. I like controlling the game. I want us, we get stuck in our own end way too often. It's driving me crazy. And we spend a lot of time on our own. Like last night, I mean, I know there was like 700 penalties, but I think in the second period, we were in the offensive end for maybe a total of one minute and four seconds. Like, yeah, so annoying. Yeah, we need to get, we need to generate chances and get into their end. So I really think that what we should do is, Remember the first 10 games that we played or 15 games of the season? Yep. That. That's what I want. I want five-on-five <laughs> support. I have to say, I've noticed the five-on-five five support. I have noticed it, which is good because I did not notice it at all at the end of the season. So I've been noticing that. It just feels to me like the hitting is 
you know, there, there, it feels to me like Ducharme is saying we can't beat them at the high scoring game. So let's play the physical game and try to wear them down and hope for our chances, which is cool, I guess. But if you think about it, you're really just not addressing the deficiency that you can't score. You know, like they're saying, instead of fixing the problem, let's just change the way we play. I think you should just fix the problem and figure out a way to score goals. Well, that's exactly it, because we're not going to win by hitting. The game isn't called hitting hockey. We have to score goals. NHL hits. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But that's not what this game is. It's scoring goals, and they need to focus on scoring goals. You want to beat them? Score a goal. They want to start fighting with you? Beat them by scoring a goal. That's the whole point of the game. Score a goal. How sick was that Paul Byron goal? Oh, my God. It was so good. Do you see the, the image of him with a cape on? No, but I can picture it, and that's awesome. <laughs> I you see the reaction video of his kids watching the goal? It was the best thing ever. I think his kids and Jeff Petrie's son, Boyd, should have, like, a TV show. That's cool. I approve of that. It's so cute. They're, oh, my God. It was so cute. Like, oh, my God, Daddy. Daddy scored. <laughs> it was so cute. I mean. So like, from a disappointing one-two of games, like, what well, good game one, bad game two, the silver lining is we got to see the wicked Paul Byron goal. We got to watch the reaction video of the kids. We yeah. got to see Coach Kanyemi's four-finger salute. <laughs> and we got uh, we split the games in Toronto. That's not bad. That's better than some people thought. Well, we had to split. If there was any chance in hell we had to split. But now we are playing on home ice, and we all know how unlucky we've been at home. Do you think this is the time to wipe that slate clean and just go for it with the home ice advantage and pump in that loud crowd noise and just pretend that we're there and just go for it? What do you think? Yes, I really so. Oh, I wish there were fans in the crowd. Like, They're wrong if they get to game six or next season, next um, next series. Did you watch the uh, highlights from the Nashville uh, Carolina game today? Did you see any of it? I saw five seconds of the game. though. So the Preds have fans back in the building, right? Not full, but like a good amount of fans. And they were doing the whole Nadelkovich, you suck. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. <laughs> and like, if there was anything you needed to feel like hockey's really coming back the way it's supposed to be. It was that like chirping the goalie. Oh, it was so cool. Ah, I was, I, I, I want like our home ice advantage is really a big, like the fans are a big deal and not having them. Damn. Well, they will, if they are still playing on Saturday by next Saturday, we'll have fans in the building here. I would go to a game. I think I would not. I'm too scared. I would like to think I could do it, but I would wear like 17 masks and I wouldn't be able to breathe. So they'd find me unconscious and that would not be good. (laughs) So teams that are going to go through, we'll talk about the other playoff series quickly and touch on them. Minnesota versus Vegas. Minnesota won game one and then Vegas decided that they would start playing hockey. And Marc-Andre Fleury was like, by the way, if you weren't sold on me winning the Vesna, watch this. And he just like, they've like destroyed the Minnesota wild, which kind of sucks. And Minnesota's playing really hard. It's just like, there's no stopping Vegas. I wanted Vegas to win that series, so I'm down. I'm happy with either win. I wanted Minnesota to win because I like the more. I'm a little more emotionally attached to them, but I won't complain with Vegas because I want Pacioretty to do well. Is he even playing? He's been injured. Is he playing yet? I do not know, but he had an amazing season. I, I'm a huge Max Pacioretty fan. Like I really like him. I'm glad. I am not as big a fan. I thought he was a bit of a... I don't don't think he was a great captain, but he's a great player. Yeah. Um, Battle of Florida. This one's so over. It's frustrating. I wanted more from Florida. Florida. (laughs) Yeah, it's not happening. I know. Uh, Canes versus Preds. Uh, The Preds won in overtime today in double overtime. 
And the series is now tied, which is weird because not weird, it's surprising. Like we really thought the hurricanes would show the predators like they put on a hockey clinic for them. This series should not be as close as it is. So it's kind of become a must watch TV for me. So like everyone listening, you should watch the Canes and Pred series. It's cool. I was watching it the other night and then they cut away and showed five channels on Sportsnet of Edmonton, Winnipeg. I'm like, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch the overtime game of Nashville, Carolina. And I had to go to like TVS ball to find it because no one else had it. I was so angry. And then TVS ball cut away and I was like, what? what is happening? And then they finally brought it back. But like, it was so exciting. And I don't care about either team, really. I mean, I'm choosing Carolina over Nashville, but it was crazy. It was very exciting hockey. Do you know why I'm such a big Carolina Hurricanes fan? Because Stahl used to play there? Yes. And I'm still, <laughs> I still like them, but like my Eric Stahl fandom goes all the way back to there. That's funny. Uh, another series that is tied is the New York Islanders in Pittsburgh, but this is not good hockey to watch. You're not missing anything by skipping this series. It really sucks. Yeah, I was watching a little bit yesterday. It was not very fun. I also want the Islanders to win, but we'll see. I kind of have shift. Now that Malkin's back, I want Pittsburgh to win. Um, but I, I really don't care. I want just whoever wins that series to get absolutely demolished in the next round. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, the next round would be the winner of Washington versus Boston. It looks like it's going to be Boston because they're up 3-1. Have you cheered for Brad Marchand yet? I have not. I want the Capitals to win, and I'm very sad. Yes, but I have to say, because we don't play Boston anymore this year, I don't care what happens. They're up 2-1 to one on my scoreboard. What are you watching? What am I watching? Oh, no. 3-1 uh, Boston. It says two to one on my screen. That's weird. For the series? Oh, no. Sorry. They meant the score. <laughs> no, they're playing right now, right? Yeah, and it's two to one for Boston right now. So I was like, what? So Boston's about to seal the deal. Okay. <laughs> well, they have uh, 1446 left in the third. But yeah. No, I want, I wanted, yeah, Washington to win. But I don't hate Boston as much because we're not playing them. So it's like, wow. Eh. Do you know who has the primary assist on both Boston goals today? You're never going to guess, except for the fact he used to play for Montreal. Mike Riley. <laughs> Mike Riley. Not Jared Tenorti. <laughs> I was going to say Riley. I didn't know he went to Boston. I was watching him like, Riley? I'm like, that can't be Riley. I'm like, oh my God, it is our Riley. What? Yep. Yeah. And they gave him top power play. Well, not top. They gave him second unit power play time after McAvoy. Uh, he's doing well. He did well in Ottawa, too. Like, he's not, he's still a bottom pair defenseman. But when you give him 21 minutes a night, he, he you know, he gets opportunities. So good for him. Yeah, good for him. Uh, the Avalanche just finished sweeping the Blues. That series was more lopsided than Jordan Bennington's temper. <laughs> Jordan Bennington surprised. is now officially the sorest loser in all of professional sports. <laughs> <laughs> and he sucks at hockey, so uh, sorry, buddy. You know? You're not sorry at all. Sorry? No, no sorry. I hate him. He, he's a, he sucks. Yeah. And like, I like the Blues. I'm just mad that Bennington's on their team. Whatever. They have a cup, so they can tell me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> And then Jets, Oilers. I believe the Oilers are winning right now. Is that they correct? They are three to one in the second end of the second period. I really want Winnipeg to win this series, so I am very happy. Two nothing. Connor McDavid has two points tonight. Drysaddle has three points tonight. Everybody was making fun of them because they weren't hadn't scored yet, and I was like, "That's bad karma for the hockey gods." Watch them break out tonight, and there you go, bam, bam. I hope the people who made fun of the Habs for not being able to score are all like. <laughs> tomorrow and the Habs break out and score like 25 goals this week. Yeah. I would like that. And the Leafs score too. That's do you know point. who scored for Winnipeg? I do not. Nikolai Ehlers. Oh, my boy is back. Yeah, he's back. I'm a big fan. You know who else is back who assisted on the goal? Who? Who I'm not a fan of. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yep, there you go. 
I like them both. I take Ehlers on my team any day. Oh and my god, yeah, Ehlers is the best player on that team. I love Nikolai Ehlers. I've wanted him for a long time. A lot of players I want we don't get, but some we do. We'll see. Because we're too good to draft good players. Exactly. But and when we do suck, we draft Sergachev and trade him. Yeah, exactly. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey pal, it's the playoffs. Your team's down. You need a solution. Have I got the product for you? It's called Bioref. For the low, low price of $100 and your integrity, you can get any NHL ref to call the game in your favor. Side effects may include missed calls. Lots of missed calls. Bioref. And we're back, everybody. So, Noah, what is your fumble of the week? Okay, the fumble of the week, I don't know who to give it to, but this like because it's tough to tell, but it's either Dominic Ducharme, Luke Richardson, uh, Alex Burroughs, Mark Bergevin. I, I don't one of them. Whoever said, whoever made the final call to challenge that goal, <laughs> it's the idiot. And Mark Bergevin is now getting memed, uh, <laughs> and he deserves to get memed for it. So I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I what do you think about that challenge? It's crazy because because there are. So many ways that goalie interference gets called stupidly. So like, I understand if you had to look, oh, like maybe they won't see it and I'll, I'll take the risk. But they just scored on you on a power play. You're gonna give them more momentum. Like that was like, that that turned the tide of that match, right? Yeah, it was brutal. So if it was Mark Bergeron, and I don't know if it was, but if it was calling down saying nope, challenge it, that's fireable. <laughs> it's absolutely fireable because you're going to interfere with the coach never except for that one time. I don't know. I don't buy it. So fumble of the week goes to whoever made that call. Hopefully it's Dom Ducharme and he gets fired after this. So I have a question on that note. How much of the lines do you think is coach versus GM decisions? I think it's 100% coach. The more I thought about it, the more I think that Bergevin will use that as a an excuse if we don't win. Where he'll be like, "Yeah, he's a guy who understands line deployments." We didn't, you know, I disagree with some of them, but he's the coach; it's his call, and that's why he's an interim. I'm not bringing him back. But how much do you really think it's had the GM has no input? I think Mark Bergevin could make the call if he wanted to, but I, I genuinely believe he's not. I think it's Ducharme. Really, you don't think it's any, not even a one percent. Because Bergevin could make like like so if Bergevin is following his plan, he would hopefully be playing the kids. I okay. So Duchar made a comment about how all the coaches and management and Bergevin were on the same page about the lineups. I think so. But then why wouldn't he be playing the kids? Because he wants his coach to make the decision. I don't know. I'm not like I'm not saying they're good at what they do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Um, do you have something you want to rant about? Well, I could rant on about the rest forever because it makes me really angry. So I'll just do a very quick rant about it. Why doesn't Toronto ever get called when they're playing us? Again, ignoring those three over the back penalty, over the glass penalties. The penalties are nine to three for us, or nine to two for us. What the hell? They boarded. They're slashing. They're sticking their sticks into people's man parts. I don't get it. Like, I just, are you laughing at me? <laughs> it was funny. It was good comedic delivery. I, but I'm being serious, Noah. It makes me angry. Ugh, I don't understand. And they always, Toronto usually gets a five on three. They haven't yet, knock wood. 
I'm sure that's coming tomorrow. But if you look at like the facts, Toronto always has a five on three against us. Hopefully not. Toronto always has more power plays than us. Toronto doesn't get called for penalties, even when they're committing obscene issues and problems and meanie stuff. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I'm not trying to blame the refs for our lack of an ability to put the puck in the net. However, be fair. You know, you call, they didn't call the penalties. I was like, oh, they're obviously trying to even up the series and we just had one. So they're going to like a power play. So they're going to give it to Toronto next. And then they gave them six. (laughs) What the hell? Call a fair game. You want to call a game, call a fair game. That's all I'm asking. You're going to call us for shit? Call them for shit. Trust me. I wish someone made a video of all the shit, all the infractions they didn't call last night and send it to the NHL. I think Grant Grant McCagg did that. Did he? I actually tweeted out, can someone do it? I would seriously do that every game and send it to the NHL and George Paros and be like, yo, bro, look at this shit. Look what's happening. Call this shit. And I wish someone would just say to them, like Bergevin or Ducharme or whoever would say, what the hell is going on here? And I'm trying very hard not to swear on Twitter, but last night I lost it. I let it go. I was angry. I deleted them since, but I was angry. I was very angry and I am angry and I don't think it's okay. I think that they need to adjust this shit, figure out their shit, stop taking penalties. As Edmondson said, they're calling stick penalties. So don't use your stick, hit them. I don't give a shit what you do, but stop taking penalties and stop calling every time the hat looks at you. Call the freaking leaves the same way. And scene. That was spectacular. It's probably awful. I'll have to edit that <laughs> or not. <laughs> I think it was good. I think uh, as long as you make sure there's like a, this is a, a swearing episode. You know? <laughs> you the F word like four times already, bud. So it's I, I, I like lowered my voice when I said it, though. Like I was like afraid to. <laughs> You're bleeping it. <laughs> you can, I put explicit every time so you can swear whenever you want. Fuck Don't yeah. <laughs> Okay, you got a hottie of the week? Yeah, I'll do a hockey pointer and the guy who I'm currently crushing on. So I have a thing for singers, like always like singers, I always have. And I'm currently crushing really hard. So I watched this show called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I think I told you to watch it. Have you heard of it? Yes, but I've not watched it. Okay, it is amazing. The whole premise is, it sounds so stupid, but it's so good. The whole show, the productions, the musical, like every element of the show is just incredible. And on it is Skylar Astin. Do you know who he is? I have never heard that name. Is he related to Sean Astin? <laughs> no, <laughs> he is not. You never heard of Skylar Astin? Do you ever see Pitch Perfect? No, but Anna Kendrick is cool. Okay, well, he was in that movie. Um, anyways, he is adorable and he is so talented and he was singing truly madly deeply on his, on YouTube. And he's just so amazing. He looks like Jeremy Piven's little brother. Yeah, but Jeremy Piven isn't cute. This guy's cute. Well, I'm just saying, this is what I'm Googling him right now. I could see that. I could see that. But he's just, his, his voice, if you heard him sing, you get it. He's amazing. Big fan. Love you, Skylar Aston. I think you're great. So he's my... Sherrod or not of the non-hockey world this week. And for the hockey world, hmm, I have a list that I'm deciding who I should go with on this list. We're going to go, because you love the Minnesota Wild. We're going to go. Do you know who this is? I don't think he's there anymore, though. He might be. I don't know. Let's see if he's still there. Hold on, because I might have just like. Oh, yeah, I know he is. Okay. We're going to go with Zach Parise. He's not bad. He's pretty I mean, cute. he's there, but he's like a healthy scratch, I'm pretty sure. So, And he's there for five more years. So, 
Yes, he is. But he's pretty cute. So we're going to go with Zach Parise. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So that's my hottie, my astrobot or not. He played one game in this season playoffs, by the way. Oh, they got him in for game good. Yeah, he had – he was a negative two. That's good. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so he's not there anymore. No, Um. anyways, but yeah, so that's – uh. yeah, so that's my Sherrod or not of the week. I love it. That's awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Rumor has it we're opening on the 14th of June in Ontario for patios. Yay! Uh, and Ashley – Pitch our stuff. All right, peeps, follow us, subscribe, do everything you can to spread the word about how awesome our podcast is, even though Noah likes to use the F word. You can find us at Fumble Puck Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, it's Fumble Puck Podcast, on all of the podcasting apps. You can find us. Please hit subscribe. Please follow us. We love attention. Unless it's bad, then we don't want it. But yes, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. If you have any questions, send us an email, ashley at fumblepuckpod.com or noah at fumblepuckpod.com. Signing off, go Habs, go. Woo! Score some goals.